Have you ever been to the theme parks? Do you enjoy going to them? Would you like more information about the rides, the shows, and the upcoming events that's going to be happening at the parks? Go check out GoofDuck on Twitter, Instagram, and on YouTube for those amazing videos. Ladies and gentlemen put your ears close to your radio because you are now listening to the Goof Duck Podcast with Remy and Joey right here on Spotify. Greetings and salutations, Professor. How you doing? Uh, and to you, Mr. Duck. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so guys, uh, thanks so much for tuning in this lovely evening. It's approximately 9 o'clock. Uh, we are live in the winter, uh, the Maitland area off of 1792. Yes. So you're, right, you're actually right between... Uh, one of, my, actually one of my favorite restaurants where I used to go to, uh, Cappy's. I used to go there all the time. Cappy's is an interesting place. I like it there. Calling it a restaurant may be overstating what it is. Well, it is I... a great place to go and get good food. If that's what makes a restaurant, then it's a restaurant. Would you call it, would you call it a dive? I mean, I would call that a dive. We'll call it a dive. Because right, so, <laughs> I would call, uh, I will call Beaver Kings a dive. I will call, you know, Cabby's a dive. I so, would call Post Time, where I host trivia on Tuesday nights, a dive. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you, you can say that as a dive. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they have good food there. They have great pizzas there too, which I have heard. I Unbelievably mean. <laughs> good pizza, half price on Tuesday. There you go. So, guys, uh, my special guest tonight is a five-minute professor. You have heard him live all over around the Central Florida area, but you guys have heard him on the Real Radio 104.1 back in the day with Jim Phillips. Yeah, nine and a half years. Nine and a half years. Holy yeah. cow. So here's my question. Well, one of my question was actually coming from a wife. She wants to know how you got all started working, you know, doing trivia. How did that all be how did that all began? So trivia itself was bef- I started working with Clear Channel in nineteen ninety eight. Okay. I did weekends, I did live live show producing and then I got taken away and I did a national show. I spent 10 years hosting and producing a national stock advice call-in show and what I found out was that I was best prepared if I had something that could take about a minute. Hmm. So I started writing 10 trivia questions every day that I could use to fill in because we did three hours of trivia which was on almost exactly opposite the Phillips file. Wow. So we were on three to six nationally. So in California, we were on at noon. Uh, but um, we, were, we were three to six, Monday through Friday. And I would find that there were times where I needed a minute or so of time. Mm. So it was too short of a time for me to bring a caller on, but I needed to have something ready. So I started writing trivia questions and I wrote 10 trivia questions a day, and eventually I made it into a a database. I realized, hey, if I did this, and I used the calendar and say, you know, today's National Meatball Appreciation Day, uh, I wouldn't have to write that question next year. Hmm. Uh, So that's how it started. Eventually, I got to writing about 40 questions a day. That's where we're at now. I have about 40 questions a day for about 250 days out of the year. Holy cow, that's a lot of questions. Yes. Do you remember what was your very first trivia uh, question you asked to file? 
Oh, the very first trivia question that I asked the file was it was my my pitch, which was that I believe that everyone really does know half of the U.S. presidents. Okay. And because with a little bit of effort, you could name half of the U.S. presidents. You were benefited by the fact that you could probably name ten that were president in recent enough history that you can remember it. Right. So it's... Eisenhower to today, <laughs> you should be able to get, in my opinion. Oh yeah, I mean, you can go down the list: like Washington, uh, Jefferson, uh, Lincoln, uh, Obama. But we don't say, now. You've skipped but, some. Well, sk- yeah, yeah, but you know, you, I mean, <laughs> just like, sorry, skipping. But has anybody? Have you ever done any trivia questions based on, you know, the guy in the office right now, you know, or, you know... So, yes, I have done trivia questions about him uh, related to his true calling, which is reality TV TV, yeah. (laughs) I've asked questions about Donald Trump and The Apprentice. But not, you know, him being in the office and stuff. I don't like asking questions about things which are still active, because then the answers change. Mm, That's true. So I have asked very few questions about Barack Obama, except for what he was like before he was president. Right. I've asked very few questions about George W. Bush. I've asked more questions about Bill Clinton because more time has passed. That's true. <laughs> I've asked more questions about George Herbert Walker Bush, about Ronald Reagan, about Jimmy Carter, perhaps the greatest man to ever have been president. Right. Not, maybe not the greatest president. Right, right. But if you if you say, what makes a man great? The ability to do things for others. And no one has done more things for more other people mm-hmm. than Jimmy Carter. Maybe not a great president. Maybe. Things weren't great. But he's a great human being. You know? he, a great human being. The I greatest mean, person who was ever a president, probably. I mean, if you th- I mean, I saw an article on him the other day where he fell and he's he got back on his feet and now he's, you know, um, building houses again. Yeah. Guys got that, brain cancer. That, yeah. He's still out there <laughs> working. He's in his nineties. He's a workaholic. He's building his houses for people. Which, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm a workaholic, too. I mean, I got... Well, you're not 90. I know I'm not, not giving 90. You, I'm not, I know, I'm not, I'm but... I'm not giving you a lot of pressure <laughs> for this. You're not 90. For the love of Pete, if you're still not working every day when you're 90, I will I will cut you some slack. I'm like, uh, I need a shot of tequila. Just bring it right here. I am good to go, so... <laughs> but... But his wife makes me angry. Why? Jimmy Carter's wife's name, Rosalind Carter, Right. Right. Not a real damn name. Rosalind? Her real name is Anne. She's Anne Rosalind Carter, and that makes me angry. So she's like her first name, or...? Well, Anne's a little boring. Rosalind's a little more interesting. Eleanor Roosevelt's real first name was Anne. That's... Yeah, that's... Yeah. I wonder... It's not the only thing that makes me mad. Interested at all in food and wine? Uh, food, yes. Wine, not so much, but my wife is. She the loves Epcot wine. Food and Wine Festival. Oh. Together, these two things. It's a true story about this year's Food and Wine Festival. They have a panna cotta dessert. Ooh. It is themed, Disney-themed panna cotta dessert. It should be called Hakuna Matata Panna Cotta but it is not. <laughs> it is not named that. It is named 
no worries, panacotta. Which means someone at a meeting suggested Hakuna Matata, and someone said, nah, that's dumb. And they went with no worries, because Hakuna Matata means no worries. No worries. Someone suggested Hakuna Matata, Panacata, and someone said no. And I need to find that person, and I need to beat them. We'll beat them up. We'll be like, hey, needs uh, to happen. we'll be like, hey, do you require this to uh, Disney? Yeah, we, I mentioned it. Well, you're a dead man. I'm sorry, but <laughs> you're dead. <laughs> you're dead to me. The last time I went to the Food and Wine, I went with a couple, with a couple of friends of mine, and uh, we actually drank around the world. I spent like maybe 40 bucks, and that's all I spent. But the one thing that really enjoyed was um, when you first entered the, the garden area. Yes. They had they had the squash ravioli. It's it is good. Good. I had that. Holy cow! Yesterday, it was, I was. We went to the park yesterday in a tropical storm. Storm, yeah, but it rained pretty hard. <laughs> we were pretty wet, but uh, it cleared up by noon. Uh, but uh, no, we were there yesterday, and we started the day at the Magic Kingdom. And I went on 11 rides yesterday. With your family. Yes. (laughs) With the the woman. And uh, so, technically, she's my girlfriend. Okay. All right. Now, those of you listening probably can't tell, but I'm 55. Yeah. All right. 55-year-old men should not have girlfriends. Hey. No, no, no. No, no. No. She is a woman. Okay. I'm very uncomfortable with girlfriend. She's very uncomfortable with me describing her as the woman that lives at my house. Well, <laughs> are you there? <laughs> she's, she's not okay with that description. Uh. But, but uh, yeah, so, uh, so Tracy and I and my 10-year-old went, and for those of you that listened to me on the file, I started, this is how long, this is how I know how long I was on the air with the Phillips file. We started the June before she was born. Holy cow. So she turned 10 in October. So that's how long ago I started with the file. And I can't believe she's she's already 10 she's years 10. old. She's 10. What grade she's in? She's in uh, fourth. first? Fourth? fourth? Holy cow. Yeah, you don't have kids yet. I can tell that. So no, in but general I... <laughs> with kids, if you subtract five years, that's the grade. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, more or less. Right. So, uh, and now it's their age... When school starts, mm-hmm. minus five, is their grade. So that's just how it is now. Yeah. You have to be, you had to be five to go into kindergarten. Mm-hmm. If you weren't five already, she turned five like eight weeks into the process. Right. It wasn't like that when I was a kid. When I was a kid, I turned five in December and almost stayed back in kindergarten. Oh, wow. <laughs> where, uh, where are you from? Uh, do you want to guess based on my accent? I want to say somewhere. I want to say somewhere north, but not north is smart because I hate the Yankees. Well, I'm not gonna go there because we can we can't we can't talk about Jack right now. So, uh, Jack, if you're listening, don't Yankee worry. Jack, don't Yankee worry. Jack we're not is gonna fine. we're not gonna talk we're not we're not gonna talk smack about your Yankees just yet. But uh. well, except for that they're not in the World Series. So no, they're not. Watch. Now I can watch. But my no, team, my team's doing pretty good right now. I mean, I'm an Eagles fan, but you know, my football team's doing good. But let me see. I'm trying to guess here. So I'm saying Northern area. Mm-hmm. 
No, anyone who is listening who heard me on the final (laughs) probably knows that I'm from central Massachusetts. Boston. Area? Outside of Boston. So like Dorchester or? Uh, further west. So further, okay. Worcester is the second largest city in New England. Okay. Uh, its population is around the same as Orlando, but wow. Orlando's got a lot more larger communities around it. Right. I lived in Holden, a town of 14,000 people right next to the city. So if you're thinking about 14,000 people, that's... I mean, I mean, how many people do we have now in Orlando? We have over... Well, uh, Orlando's close to 150. 50, so we got... In the city. Right. And then you've got Longwood, which has 30,000. Well, I Rough. guess closely, closer than 20,000, I guess. You've got Sanford's got 50,000. You've got Altamont that's got 42,000. Mm-hmm. You've got uh, Castleberry that's got 23,000. Okay. So... I mean, All of the communities yeah. around are bigger than my town. Right. What so, uh? What's, what school? Did you, what schools did you go? What school did you go to? So I, uh, everyone probably remembers me going to Rice Elementary School, because um, <laughs> I grew up in Massachusetts. Right. I went there. I went to, uh, I went to a private Catholic high school, St. John's okay. Preparatory High School. I went to Worcester Polytechnic Institute. And uh, I studied chemical engineering. In my adult life, I have engineered zero chemicals. But I have a very, very strong memory of the properties of thermodynamics. Wow, that's that's pretty (laughs) impressive. It's it's what I remember. I did almost nothing with it. Well, see, I went to school. I went to Valencia for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Then I went to one of the tech schools for hospitality management. Uh, school wasn't my thing, so I dropped out. But I know so much knowledge in the hospitality industry. So I worked at the theme parks. I worked at Disney, Universal, SeaWorld, uh, Fun Spot. I worked all of those places, and I still have. I know the knowledge of what hospitality is. And people don't understand that hospitality doesn't mean, hey, you're working for a theme park. Okay, granted, yes, that's a hospitality theme, but people don't realize. What's surrounded that hospitality industry? You got restaurants, you got hotels, you got lodging, you got, you know, all these different areas that are surrounding that. But people don't realize that radio, TV, newspapers, those are still part of the hospitality community, you know. And what you're doing is you're doing trivia in all these places. You're building up your business and you're building up their business as well so people can come back out and see you, you know, perform live doing trivia. So then that's why, you know, I was like, you know what, I want to I want to interview the professor and see how he got all started with all of this, you know. Well, the reason I started, so I started writing trivia for the radio show, but I started performing trivia because I liked it. I mean, that's why I got into it. I liked, I like working with owner-operators right. to make it so that they can get people to come to their place. Oh yeah. Uh, when I started with the Phillips file, I owned my own business. I owned a tea shop and we would play trivia. And Justin, who was one of my partners in that business, mm-hmm. hosted the trivia. And he would host the trivia and I and they would play against the house. So what it was was that Justin hosted the trivia. I paid Justin Justin wrote the questions, and I played against everyone in the room. Ooh. 
So it was me and my, my buddy Bob and his wife Rhonda and my wife at the time. We'd play against the room. And if you beat me, you got a prize no matter what. Wow. Whether you won or not, you, you got a prize because you beat my team. And um, then whoever won got a prize. Right. That's, so that's it was crazy. Fun. And then we would uh, we'd get people in and they we had a real low minimum head count payment and we brought food out and, and you could buy stuff. So that's how I got started in it. And then I started hosting my own trivia when I no longer owned that business and I needed some things to make money. Okay. And it was a point in time where I hosted trivia five nights a week and afternoons. I did a couple of afternoon gigs where I would go and work for food so I could promote their business. My favorite absolute favorite trivia show ever was the one I did at 24-7 Fitness. Really? Diamond 24-7 Fitness. Uh, I think the whole time I did it, I did it for a year and a half, um, I might have gotten six people, but the trivia was at midnight. So midnight, so that means you guys probably, you guys probably played until what, 3 o'clock in the morning? The, nope. The latest? No, 12.30. The whole idea. Wow. All right, so this is the thing. So so I'm on, I'm on the file. Mm-hmm. I've got a platform to promote my events. So that's a that's a great platform, 100,000 watt FM platform to promote what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And somebody is giving me a free gym membership because they didn't pay me. They gave me a free gym membership to to promote their gym. So what, how we do it? We have trivia on Wednesday nights at midnight. Why is it Wednesday nights at midnight? Because the place is open 24 hours a day. We could have it at 3 o'clock in the morning. I just don't want to be up at 3 o'clock in the morning. Very so I would true. have trivia one night a week at midnight. I'd go and work out first, take my shower. No one would come. And if someone came, I already had questions written for them. And we'd right. just do trivia kind of one-on-one. But it was to promote the business. Right. That's the reason we did it anyway, right? We did mm-hmm. it to promote the business. So if we're promoting the business, let's promote. Use 100,000 watt FM to talk about the fact that I host a trivia show at midnight. At midnight, which is yeah. which is crazy. But here's my here's my ultimate here's my here's my question. Um, okay. So back on the Phil's file. Yes. What was the, what was like the hardest category? that Jim brought up to you. It's like, hey, I want to do a, I want to do trivia on this p- specific topic. Every once in a while, he'd come up with something which was either A, obscure. Like, I couldn't <laughs> possibly come up with a way to talk about something for five minutes. Or, he'd come up with something where I knew he wasn't going to like what I found out. Hmm. Right? (laughs) But the worst things were when he asked me to do something which involved numbers. Like he'd asked me to, he asked me to explain one time about how the Fed influenced interest rates. And it's complicated. And there's numbers and there's math. And it Mm -hmm. doesn't make a lot of sense. And it's... It, the, the Federal Reserve Board is an unusual group of individuals that have unusual individual objectives and 
not everybody gets to vote all the time, and it's it's got it's got objectives other than just what its job is, and it's it's confusing and it's convoluted. Mm-hmm. Uh, my least favorite times were not when Jim made the subject because Jim always felt he had an obligation to at least feign interest if he'd come up with the idea. Uh, it was when I came up with an idea and I realized that I wasn't entertaining Jim because quite honestly, in spite of the fact that there's tens of thousands of people listening at any right. given moment, the only one that matters is was Jim. Mm-hmm. I had to entertain Jim. I had to keep him engaged. Right. Because otherwise, maybe I'm not back next week. Jim was fickle in his life. That's true. Not with me, but in his life, he was definitely fickle. Yeah. (laughs) Guys, if you don't know who Jim Phillips is, he was a one, I mean, he's like, for me, I mean, there's tons of radio, you know, commentaries out there, but Jim Phillips, to me, he's the king of... Real Radio 104.1. He is the granddaddy of talk radio. You know, that's he, that's why he's named the Commodore. He knows a lot of stuff. He but. spent 30 plus years in the same market. Makes a big difference if you stay in the same market for a long time. He did afternoon drive for over 20 years. Yeah. And that makes a big deal. Being around for that long makes a big difference. It does. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's touched so many people in this community his work but he touched me the most because I, I actually had an opportunity to interview him for my for one of my class papers awesome and my teacher was like how did you get Jim Phillips I'm that's like that's a fair question <laughs> like I said like I know people that's the whole part about you know I know a certain lot of people and they're like here we got connections here we got connections here talk to these people talk to these people I'm like sweet now let's talk to the crowd this is how we and I met we met back at uh, one of the very first, I remember, it was the first Face the File back at CityWalk at the Groove. Mm-hmm. You're wearing your graduation cap and gown and yep. stuff. That was, and that, was the, that was the original look for live performance for the, uh, <laughs> the, the five-minute professor was uh, cap and gown. And what, what is it now? Bow ties, right? Now it's bow ties. Now it's bow ties and tweed jackets and soft caps. <laughs> That's what it is now. That's uh, it's a little bit more uh, sellable. Although right. I used that um, that original five minute professor look when I did my first fringe show. Oh, the fringe! I missed yep, the I fringe. <laughs> oh, what what show? No reason to miss the fringe. The fringe is here uh, every year. I know. What uh, what show were you, what show were you in? So I was the five minute professor. I did the five minute professor. I did the radio bit. I did two lectures. Back to back, I did the questions. Holy we cow! Pulled people up from the audience, and we did that. And my son, who went to Rollins, mm-hmm. uh, made a PowerPoint demonstration and essentially heckled me <laughs> uh, because he knew what we were talking about. So he had a uh, PowerPoint presentation. We did uh, we did six shows. I did twelve different lectures. It was reasonably well received, and we didn't lose a ton of money. Wow! So that was good. Um, so that was the first one. The second show that I did, my friend Patrick Pranito that I do the World of Boating podcast with, uh, came up with this idea of a uh, 
a radio station that had gone off the air 25 years earlier because of an incident, and they felt that they were banned by the FCC, but they continued to do their radio show in the basement. Hmm. Now, I know what you're thinking. It's a podcast. Right. They didn't broadcast. They just did the radio show. Literally no one heard them for 25 years. And wow. then So the show is that now we go, we've got all this experience, mm-hmm. no audience, and we're going to go out and we're going to do live shows. That was the bit. And we had a sports show and we had a conservative radio show and we had a morning like a morning... Like a morning show. Like yeah. a morning shock jock right. show. The Adam Attack. And uh, and we were we were these different characters, and we did these shows, and we invited people from other fringe shows to come and be our guests that is so on cool. the show. <laughs> and uh, it was... It was absurd. And that was even less well-received, because wow. nobody understood what we were doing. It was like Andy Kaufman on stage, so... We'll see. And, and since awesome. then, we have, we have put in... To be in a show every year, and we just haven't gotten another, another, another win at the lottery because it's a lottery system for the French. Oh yeah, so would you ever, would you ever do a, another five minute professor again at the fringe? I don't, I don't know if I'd do another five minute professor show at the fringe, but we have three shows that are set to go. One of them is a trivia based show, which I would do as the five minute professor. That's so cool. Yeah. So anytime, anytime I hear your voice on the first one, I'm like, who is this guy? Who is this guy doing all these trivia questions? I'm like, your your knowledge is like from zero to ten. And when I come when I come to your trivia, I'm like, I do not know that. Dang it, that's really good. I don't know that answer. Holy cow! So if I give you a topic, uh, let's say, um, uh, so the, the Orlando Magic. Yeah, you do a lecture about the Orlando Magic, and you do yeah. trivia questions on the Orlando Magic. Yeah. Do you know? Uh, do you know some like really good knowledge of the Orlando Magic? So, how, like, how well do you know the, the team? This is what the beauty of the five minute professor was. I spent three hours preparing for every one of those lectures. Every one. So I'd done a lot of research, and I cast away some stuff, some stuff that like that's that's not going to make it into my final draft. So I spent three hours researching every one of those 15-minute long talks. Wow. So what that meant was that sometimes if somebody threw something out that was tangential to it, I looked at it. Mm-hmm. I read it that week. So I had the ability to sound like I knew absolutely everything about most of the topics I talked about right. because... I researched a lot of different things, and I pick up things pretty quickly. So today, I know very little about the magic. But if I was asked to do a lecture on the magic, Mm -hmm. you would not know that when we talked. Right. Because I would have researched it. I would have found out a bunch of stuff. I'd had some details. Everything's written out. I'm not... I'm not guessing on numbers mm-hmm. and statistics and names and things like that. There are plenty of things I know. Mm-hmm. If you wanted to talk about U.S. presidents, we could just go. Oh, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> fine. Like... U.S. history. <laughs> and one of the things when I started that character, um, and I sincerely believe this, we do not know enough about our own history. We just don't. We don't. And 
I really started it because a person that I worked for was like willfully ignorant. I don't know and I don't care that I don't know. And I found that disturbing. And I thought, we should, we should be able to have conversations about things that happened mm-hmm. and not the founding fathers said, so therefore it must be true when you don't understand, if you're not going to put any of that into context. Mm-hmm. And the fact that when you say that someone did something 240 years ago and take out of the context the fact that right before they declared their independence, the government put soldiers into people's homes Mm -hmm. and said, yeah, uh, you're going to have to feed us because we're here. Mm -hmm. And it's your obligation. Can you imagine if any president just said, hey, by the way, we're getting rid of the bases and the army's just going to live at your houses. You guys take care of this. I'll be like, uh, can you you have my mortgage? I mean... (laughs) It happened. That's what happened. And then they would... When the army came into town, they would choose a house that they wanted to use as headquarters, and they would make those people leave, and it was always a nice house. And when you when you put into perspective, this is what they had done. This is what had happened to them right before they wrote the Constitution. It's not the same world we live in now. Holy cow. It's just not the same. Mm-mm. And I don't, think, I don't think kids right now in schools don't know the back, uh, the back history of... Like rural history, or you know, like what's your, what's your daughter studying right now in, in her in her history class? She's studying the history she's studying right now is the history of Florida because they're going to St. Augustine. Nice on Friday, so they're studying a little bit about St. Augustine and some of the people that were historical figures, but. What can you learn in elementary school? You can learn the names and you can learn some mm-hmm. stories and that's about it. It's about right? it. Right. And when are they going to be touching on Florida history again in her educational career? Probably maybe maybe in high school and then in college hey, and I'm then, gonna say, you know. I'm going to say maybe in high school. Maybe. Are they going to talk about the fact that Florida was part of the Confederacy? Mm-hmm. Are they going to talk about the fact that because of Florida, the Confederacy probably lasted at least a year longer than it would have without Florida because Florida raised all the, all the cattle. Mm-hmm. Because Texas did not stay independent for terribly long. <laughs> no. <laughs> and they couldn't get food across the Mississippi because the Union controlled the Mississippi River from... 1862. Right. So, are they going to talk about that? Probably not. No. <laughs> but I can I can imagine they could probably talk about NASA or you know. You know, hey, NASA guys. might be. Uh, that's that's still neat stuff. Yep. But we didn't get to talk about that when I was a kid. You didn't. Well, no, because I'm 55, <laughs> so I predate the space program. I mean, I don't predate it. I right. guess that's not accurate. Um, because the space program grew up when I grew up. Oh, wow. I was, I was six when we walked on the moon. Yeah, that's how, that's <laughs> how old of a person I am. No, it's good. I mean, you're, I mean, this is why I wanted to, you know, talk to you and stuff. 
But my thing is, is that when I have kids, I'm like, guys, listen here. Here's your history book. Now I'm going to tell you some history, all right? Five minute pass, right? Can you, uh, can you, can you hear my kids real quick with this history stuff? Yeah, you know what's funny is that Eliza <laughs> is. She, she'll catch a snippet of a story here or a snippet of a story there. And a lot of her understanding is uh, not right. And when you see things in pop culture, she'll mm-hmm. watch things on TV. Right. Think that that's the story that's true, and I think it's like that for everybody. But I notice right. it with her. My my older kids really liked a cartoon, Johnny Tremaine. Oh yeah! So Johnny Tremaine taught them something about colonial history, which was interesting because mm-hmm. it's what it was, it was about. And uh, but because of that, they were interested because. Their father liked they might be giants. They know that they know that James K. Polk was the Napoleon of the stump because that's a <laughs> that, that is a they might be giants song. So uh, it's it's weird where we learn things, how we learn mm-hmm. things, but it is to me it's distressing. Right how little people really know about things and how much they're willing to just accept what somebody else told them or, you know, not willing to know it and understand it. They're willing to believe things. Right. I mean, when I was in my history class back in uh, my middle school, which was, uh, I went to Howard. I went to Howard Middle School. And my teacher uh, was uh, Howard Howard Larson. He is a very convenient help with this i would be more than happy to help you out with it i'm like okay but i want to take this class to a different level he's like wait a minute i'm like i know more stuff than you've taught me and i've done more research on it he's like what'd you do i'm like oh what it was i just look online and then i also read a whole lot of books and then i started watching the history channel and see what is true what's fact and what's not you know precise you know mm-hmm. but i did a paper on uh if i can remember what i did on um, oh yeah, I did a uh, Ponce de Leon. I did okay. on Saint Augustine because the next day we actually went to Saint Augustine for a field trip. There it is. And I'm like, ah, all right, guys, I'm gonna help you out with this. Let's go. The tour guide's like, how are you? I'm like, well, <laughs> I'm this many years old, but I know a lot about this guy right here. <laughs> so it was. Were, she was impressed, and my dear was like, holy crap, man, I did not know anything about that. You got A plus for you know this paper. I'm like, cool, all right. So it was it was awesome. Um, did you uh, did you teach at UCF? Nope. Where did you Where did you teach? You teach? I don't any, teach. You don't teach at all. I don't. But teach. you know, but you know this at knowledge. All. This surprising me. You know all this knowledge. I have never taught anything, and a part of it is that I'm not sure I have the patience for other people's learning. Right. Because I think teachers are, they're special. Mm -hmm. Because it is one thing if I could just tell you what you're supposed to know and then you learned it. Mm -hmm. And then we tested you later to see if you remembered it and understood it. Teachers have to go about their day every day. Right. Knowing that at most grade levels, they're getting a piece of what they want the student to learn, mm-hmm. learn, and most grade levels in Florida, they're teaching to a test. 
they're not going to be the one testing the students at the end. State legislators who may or may not be able to tell certain parts of their anatomy right. from other parts of their anatomy. Um, I'm thinking asses and elbows here. Um, <laughs> but uh, are going to be in charge of a test to figure out whether or not they did a good mm-hmm. job or not. So you have to teach to the test. You have to teach what you believe is going to be covered in the test. Right. I mean, it's all it's all based on the book. I mean, my music, my uh, teacher back at Edgewater, he will teach everything out of the book. I'm like, you don't know anything about music theory, do you? He's like, say that to me one more time. I dare you. I'm like, okay. You don't know anything about music theory. He's like, are you got attention? I'm like, all right, cool. Watch this. I call my dad up. My dad went to his office, and he's like, he told the same thing I told him. He was teaching everything out of a book that we need to know about music theory. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, you know what? I dropped out. So I just dropped out of that class. I'm like... So, well, but you know, but in his defense, that's the material which he's responsible for you knowing. And if he right. goes and teaches it some other way, he's not covering all the material that he's mm-hmm. obligated to teach. Right. So it's not all on that teacher because the teacher could know the material, but mm-hmm. know that he has to cover this. In order for you to match the curriculum that's supposed oh, to be. Oh, yeah. Create. Without a doubt. Uh, great teachers figure out how to do it in a way that's yes. interesting, but not, not everyone's a great teacher. Yes. Uh, so let's, uh, I'm going to say one last thing and then we're just going to take it from there. So, uh, who was the worst guesser of all on the file? Ooh. Uh, so, I will say that. None of them were terrible, but everyone had their topics that they were better at. I will tell you that Pinkman was always surprisingly good. Yeah. And Jana, who I missed desperately. Yeah. But Jana was the best at getting to the right answer. She was the best at, at getting to the right yeah. spot based on what other people had guessed. Um, and I'd have to say that when it comes right down to it, none of them were bad mm-hmm. at it. But if Jim went first, it really mattered who went second. Because when Jim went first on an answer, then... Um, somebody had to go in the right direction away from him. So if it was something which had to do with movies or music, or even history, Moira was a good second choice. What about Jack? Jack was a great second choice if it was sports. Hmm. Or sports. All, all sports. <laughs> Jack, listen, uh, you're doing all sports trivia next time, all right? <laughs> uh, you know what? He, uh, he definitely knows the Yankees. And, he does. Uh, and there's that. Uh, and none of them were bad at the game, though. Did you know that Moira's running for Seminole County uh, tax collector? No. She, she's running for the Democratic nomination for Seminole County tax wow. collector opposite Joel Greenberg. Well, if... If I'm, if I'm going to be voting in Seminole County, I'm going to be voting for Mora. I'm like, Mo, you need, you need to become mayor. How does that sound? Oh, <laughs> well, you live in Longwood. I do live in Longwood. Tell I do a podcast with the mayor of Longwood. 
Nice. Ben Ben Paris was the mayor of Longwood. Now it's Matt Morgan, but Ben Paris was the mayor of Longwood. We've been doing a podcast called The Hijack for a little over two and a half years now. We record that on Friday mornings, and uh, we talk about stuff. And I like and I like the hijack. I catch you guys every once in a while. When, yeah. when I'm driving on a lift, I'm like audio boom. I'm I'm just listening to you guys and stuff. Uh, so where can everybody, where can people find you? People can find me on Facebook at Five Minute Professor. They can find me on YouTube at Five Minute Professor, where I have 200 videos, several of them interesting. And you can find me live at Post Time Lounge and Cafe on Tuesday nights and on Thursday nights at Antobar at the Sheraton in Maitland. All right. Well, guys, thank you so much for tuning in tonight with Goof Dog Adventures. My name is Remy. This has been the 5-Minute Professor. Professor, you have a great night. Thank you very much. Take care. Nicely.